1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the, wait, no, this is podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's Canine Educator, the podcast where we love, live, and of course work with dogs. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We're wrapping up the end of 2019, which is exciting, Um, going into 2020. Uh, Today I have a podcast for you guys with a rescue greyhound that has some issues with people that she doesn't know. And I really liked and enjoyed this conversation with this couple about their dog because they're dealing with things that so many dog owners deal with, so many dog trainers are dealing with, and I I really enjoyed um, having this conversation because it's it's so exciting for me to dig in deeper to people really feeling like they have a huge problem on their hands or maybe an inconvenience or maybe just a little problem on their hands, and digging a little bit deeper, it a lot of times we we manifest the reality of this really isn't that big of a problem it's more of a people problem so this particular dog is has snapped and bit a couple people in their house and it's been it's a retired race dog and it's been moved around and so it's a really nice conversation going over so many different things about the aspects of rehoming a dog and getting a dog and having the right expectations and the right mindset and the right training for this dog. And um, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you guys so much for, for listening. And here we go. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. So what do you got going on?
0: So we have recently adopted a greyhound. This is Blake. We have Hello. the dog together. Um, we recently adopted a rescue greyhound um and and, in late September so we've had her for about three months and um we found you when we first got her because there was kind of this thing they were telling us about like greyhounds freezing on walks and so there's like a couple tips that like the the adoption agency people told us like just basic stuff like it was like part of a personality thing but We realized like it was this kind of, um, it wasn't that. So I, I found your videos initially, um, with like leash tension and I, I'm used to doing that. We were working with a trainer, um, that was recommended to us by the association. Sorry if you can't really see us. Um,
1: Yeah, I can see you good. It's good.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so that trainer was working with us on, like, all positive reinforcement stuff. So, like, you know, throwing a treat down at the ground and having her go, like, find it. And that's how they get her to move. But it's, like, if we ran out of treats, it's, like, well, what's the problem then? You know, like, how do we get her to move at that point? So we found your videos and we were doing leash tension. And that was working. And it's really corrected the issue. Um, we don't have that problem anymore. Good. So... Um, what really came for us to really go through training, we did one initial training just to kind of get, um, a sense of like where she is and what she, and she's really great. Like obedience wise, she's great. Um, has great recall. She's really smart. Um, and so we kind of felt everything was good, but, um, we learned that when we adopted her, she had come obviously from a racetrack. So, Not a lot of socialization, you know, for her from being born to, you know, by the time she was just given... She didn't race at all, Um, but she was given up into the Greyhound Adoption Agency thing. And so she went to this home and she was with this woman who had another Greyhound. Um, And I think things were going well, but the woman had like a boyfriend that... um, had kids and they moved in and it seemed like the boyfriend and the kids weren't really doing the right things for her in her like initial, I just got adopted phase. Right. And so she had, um, they told us she had been a history then of like snapping at the kids. Uh-huh. Um, and it seemed like the boyfriend like was like a punishment style, like, like, like definitely like punished the dog for, any sort of behavior he didn't like towards him or the kids, and um, what it what was alluded to us was it seemed like um, somewhat of abuse to her. Um, and then she was given the 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 boyfriend at that point was like it's us or the dog. So the owner gave her back up to the association. So then she went back to her original foster family. They said her personality had really changed since they had first before she went to her first home with the whole like very defensive around people new people especially like would growl with kind of almost snap at people um and then she went to another home for three weeks and they said you know if you're not going to do training we're going to take her back and then now we have her so she's had quite a like foster kid situation being uh-huh. bounced around um how old is
1: she, also, how old is she right now
0: she'll be three in march so she's a young dog um and she was given um off the track about at like one i think one and a half. like one one and a half so it's kind of been a short amount of time of going from a lot of different situations and having a bit of
1: kind of changes of at
0: it. A lot of changes, a little bit, of probably a little bit of trauma here and there. Mm -hmm. We don't know how the track was for her. Like we've heard that some track owners and handlers are very kind and loving towards the dogs. Mm -hmm. We've heard very opposite, but we don't know what her situation was on the track. So anyway, but she, she's really a sweet, sweet dog, like to us and she's lovey and everything, but. What made us go to the trainer that they recommended to us was, thank you,
1: uh,
0: was the um, kind of incidents that we'd have with, um, at first, people outside the home where she would just kind of see them and really start barking at them. And um, one of our neighbors, she actually, like, snapped at her purse. Um, but we went to the trainer, and the trainer was giving us some really good, um, like, ideas or or like tips on how to get her to not how to engage with us mm-hmm. um, instead of looking at them and being like in her head fear 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 mm-hmm. and that's actually worked really well so outside the home it's been very successful we haven't had a situation like that again the real issue now and like the only issue now is in the house we do have a plan set up when people do come over mm-hmm. where we have like a baby gate and we have her behind the baby gate and You know, people are just separated because we had an incident or two um, with uh, Blake's parent had come over. My parent came separately. We just invited them to meet the dog. um, And she had snapped at both of them. And she actually bit um, on the hand um, Blake's mom. So after those two incidences, we were like, okay, this is not good. We were going through training with the trainer again. Um, We had that plan set up. But, um, most recently we had the whole plan going, um, and we had Blake's parents over for the holidays and, um, she honestly didn't seem like an, it never, none of them seemed like a tax mm-hmm. from what, what we are talking with the trainer about and everything. And just you're watching your stuff and reading stuff and everything, mostly watching your stuff. We've just kind of come to the conclusion Um, And we'd love to hear your opinions is um, that it's really other people making the mistakes with her. And we're trying very hard to like, tell people like, no, don't touch her, ignore Mm -hmm. her, don't look at her. But then people don't listen to us. And then she's like, no, no signs and then snaps, you know, and we have a muzzle on her. So the worst that happens is she bumps people with Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. at this point now, but. We just wanted to know what your insight is and maybe what we can do.
1: Sure. Uh, what's her name? Olive. Olive? Mm-hmm. So so right now, Olive is was reactive to people out in public, and now you guys have kind of gotten over that, progressed through that good, and yeah. now she's only reactive when guests come to the house. And right, right she's to a point now where she'll actually knit people if given the opportunity. Yeah. I think part of what it is, is we have a relatively small apartment. So what we've kind of had conversations about is potentially because it is, uh, a confined space with mm-hmm. new people come in, it kind of feels like they're taking over her space. Um, and she kind of needs to make herself the alpha in that sense of like, um, you're coming into my zone. Like, right keep that in your head um like she was saying it's never been like she's
0: going at someone aggressively it's like if someone comes up to her or is staring at her and she doesn't know them and doesn't like yeah, like, them, like there's kind of a, a there's a, a face or... the common deno- and i'll let you talk um but the common denominator really has been like people trying to put their hand in her face mm-hmm. which we've noticed like every time that happens she gets like True. whoa yeah and then, you know, if people are staring at her, like yeah. we've had both of our dads just like do that dad pose, and just <laughs> stare at the dog. Yeah. Um, and that upsets her. And, you know, we've, we actually, when his dad was over, you know, we had her behind the gate and his dad tried to come over and like get in her face and look at her and stare at her. And we're like, hey, like, that's not good because she was right. barking at him. And we're like, that's a warning, like get away from her. Mm-hmm. And then we had her out on the muzzle. Um, as everyone was kind of trying to leave and everyone, uh, or his dad like actually went to go, he's like, Oh, can I give her a treat?" We said, just throw it in front of her. Don't let her take it out of your hand. Just like do that. Right. He's like, okay. Puts the treat in his hand and expects her to do it. She's wearing a muzzle. She did it. But then he went and grabbed her paw mm-hmm. and then you can guess what happened.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think it's more, you guys are more looking at, um, I can give you some advice and help you navigate through how to manage people because that's like, you know, I tell people all the time I'm not really in the dog business. I'm in the people business because nine times, maybe eight times out of 10, the dogs that I work with are in very similar situations. You guys are in where, Hey, like my dog is my dog and my dog likes us and not other people. And a lot of people just can't respect that. They can't, process it they did it just doesn't it doesn't work for them Mm -hmm. so anyway the majority of my the majority of my time is spent teaching people how to actually politely and respectfully sometimes and sometimes not tell people not to approach their dog Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um you know kind of it kind of sucks that we're at a point where that's what a third of my, my career is now is uh teaching other people how to navigate through these people problems. And so right. a couple things is um I always like to try to talk about the uh, the the reasoning behind probably the the inse- it's probably just insecurity as you guys probably know. Um mm-hmm. you know a dog that doesn't know other people and mm-hmm. they get stared at and looked at approached and pet can make them very fearful and very vulnerable and especially mm-hmm. with a dog in a in a in a more confined space and if you're talking about any indoor arena it doesn't matter if it's an apartment or a house um Mm -hmm. it's a small space for uh, especially a greyhound you know Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so
1: excuse me so um so moving forward from that I think it's just you guys need to do a couple different things that I would suggest is making sure that your obedience is at its at a high capacity, you know, making sure that you guys are doing your because I always find and it's probably becoming more of a, 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 a guideline that I tell everybody that, you know, you can't control the weather, but you can control the thermostat. And so I've been telling people that <clears throat> because. You, you're not going to be able to go out and, and control what everyone else does and what everyone else wants to do around you and what what decisions they make. But you can always control what you can control, right? So mm-hmm. you guys can control Olive and say like, hey, sit, stay, place, down stay, leave it, etc. If you have that obedience, it'll mm-hmm. really, really help you get over a lot of these um, hurdles. Uh-huh. and i find that a lot that it's it's very um it's very common that people with similar issues also don't have like the best control i had this couple come in yesterday from alberta canada and their dog was similar um kind of reactive fear based just kind of grumbly towards people but they also didn't have a lot of control the dog was going off the leash, like a yo-yo back and forth, um, with zero control. And so if you have a dog, that's a little unpredictable, a little sketchy towards people and towards strangers and you don't have control, you're setting yourself up for immense Mm -hmm. failure, like all day long, you're just going to fail and fail and fail. And it's frustrating because a lot of dog owners don't realize that the basic obedience that dogs learn when they're young Mm-hmm. actually help counter condition and keep your dog safe in the future, regardless of the circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it doesn't matter if your dog is extremely friendly and you're in a public place, your obedience is going to make that um, situation better, more controlled, less chaotic. And then same thing with the, even if you have a really, really aggressive dog that just does not like people and has a, has a bite history. If your obedience is there and, and obedience is if, if you really break it down, is obeying. Obedience mm-hmm. would be obeying. What, what do you want me to do? Why do you want me to do it? And obedience can be anything from give me your paw to sit and stay because there's cars. I mean, it, it, it varies from different things, much like parenting hold right. my hand when we cross the street, but also say please and thank you. I mean, one of them can save your life, the other one is just polite, you know, manners. But right. having that control and that obedience will help significantly especially if you don't have it so that's one route to go and then the other route is obviously trying to manage people better and also taking your expectations as a dog owner and saying you know what it's better to just put olive away Mm -hmm. instead of expose her to guests that are probably going to fail her Mm -hmm. which i find a lot of dog owners also having a problem with as well which we'll talk about in a minute but that's one thing I would really start focusing on with you guys. A couple of things mm-hmm. that comes to mind as far as obedience goes would be your place command and your stay command, your recall, all of that stuff being really well off leash. And mm-hmm. I know that you said that she's pretty good about the majority of those things, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that you're dialing it in really, really nicely to, to mm-hmm. help your success when guests do come over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ideally, like I have a, a, a Dutch shepherd. She's basically um, just a little like Tasmanian devil all day long. She loves people. She gets really excited when she sees them. Her tail knocks everything off the table. She's very energetic. She's very overwhelming for everyone, <laughs> including mm-hmm. me. So when people come in, I send her to her place or her crate because two things is it's going to make her look bad. Because she, sh- that's how she, that's how she communicates. Of like, I'm really excited. She knocks everything off the table, glasses are flying, coffee's going everywhere. People are nervous because she's just so movie and wiggly, and she's excited, and she's getting all the so. Because it, 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 the intentions, and this is on the other end of the spectrum. I just want to give you some insight because the intentions are still good, and she wants to be. Um, friendly, if you will, and she's excited and people like seeing that. but at the same time, it's it's gonna set her up for more success if I actually remove her from doing what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like um, tough love where mm-hmm. I'm gonna say if somebody comes over, I'm gonna send her to her crate or I'm gonna send her to her place because she's gonna make herself look bad and I don't want her to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing except just on different ends of the spectrum right. where I know you guys probably, I mean, your ultimate goal is for, for guests to come over and Olive just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, That's
0: our goal. We, we don't expect her at this point to be like the happy go lucky. Like I want to come up to everybody and get pet. Like we don't think that she'll be that dog. Right. So our expectation isn't there. Like you said, we just want her to have people come over and she just doesn't care at all.
1: Right. And so, knowing that expectation is, is probably not likely with mm-hmm. guests kind of putting gas on that fire,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which we'll talk about. But, um, I, I, my, my point is, is if I could just tell her to not be a, a you know, tell a fish not to swim, tell Dutch shepherd or a Malinois not to get excited, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's my point with you guys is, is, is if your dog has gone through and she's still like, she's not, she's not, um, really maturing much anymore, but she still has room to grow mentally. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So she's still not becoming, she's not coming out of puppyhood, but she still has room to grow as a dog. Mm-hmm. So because of the past probably being, I don't want to say sheltered because like you said, I mean, a, a, a ra- you know, a racetrack dog is like any other working dog. It's like any other dog ownership, really. Um, I mean, you could have people who do it awesome and, like over the top. I mean, these a lot of the stories that I hear about um, greyhounds racing are, are their top notch athletes. They get the best food, the best medicine, the the best acu- like everything. They're they literally are like you know. But of course, there's probably people out there that do it not well. So, but that's any dog animal situation, right? So, because of the lack of exposure to, I think realistic. In home environments, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. That's probably where it's it's a little nerve wracking for her to say. Wait a minute, this is I, I'm not familiar with this too much. Mm-hmm. And if you get an opportunity to expose her to different things, that's great. So, um, combining the obedience that I spoke about, you know, somebody comes in, Olive Place, she goes to her bed, down, stay. Um, I think a lot of dog owners. Um, and and even myself, I've grown over the past learning more about how people mess dogs up more and more. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually back maybe I don't know three or four years ago, I would have said that don't don't do that. You just have to deal with it head on. When in actuality, it almost seems that it's safer. Just like I was talking about with my dog, to say these people aren't going to listen to me at all, and they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna make you look bad, Olive. So what I'm mm-hmm. gonna do is I'm gonna send you away till they can come in. And then you're going to be successful and then the people who are coming in also, in your case, don't have any opportunity Mm -hmm. to make a mistake or possibly get nipped Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I think dog owners become, uh, they recluse from that a little bit because you think it's not really fixing the problem. It's a little bit of avoidance. Much like you talked about earlier with um, the positive only training, which isn't going to progress you in, in what you need to progress in right mm-hmm. which I would agree with to some extent however like I said before you have to look at it in a little bit different lens sometimes where it's like same thing with a muzzle when I tell people to wear a muzzle on your dog because they're a little bit nervous around people but you want to bring your dog out to expose them of course mm-hmm. everybody would um, I think people are like, I don't want to put a muzzle on my dog because it makes them see, and it's it, we just have to look at it as your muzzle's on your dog to protect your dog, not mm-hmm. to protect people, because people yeah. don't listen. we we live in we live in a society where people just don't listen. Period. Right. Like without dogs in the mix, right. Um, mm-hmm. and then once you put dogs into the mix, um, we're just very selfish. It's becoming a very dog, which is great. You know, it's becoming a very dog like. Uh, 15, uh 10, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, I mean, dogs were in the house, chained up to the backyard, and that's, you know, they, they played with the kids, they barked, whatever. You know, that was kind of the, now, over the last 10 years, it's dog-friendly, it's dog milkshakes, it's Starbucks, it's it, dog menus, it's everything is dog, 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 which is great, but come with that, um, it's a new generation of of uh, ignorant I think stuff like where people just think because and I also think it has a lot to do with marketing I think mass 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 marketing with huge companies putting dogs everywhere and in in those marketing campaigns they're extremely friendly they're very outgoing you can pet them they're and I think that that grows on young adults it reinforces
0: and the of people's co- idea. of
1: course it reinforces the people's idea to say like dogs are a part of our environmental ecosystem if you will and they are but we just don't know dogs so the so i always say it like this that the more dogs become part of our life especially here in america mm-hmm. the less we know about them which mm-hmm. then it, it actually ends up plummeting like what we're trying to do because it ends up do- mm-hmm. dogs are getting euthanized and rehomed and in shelters and it's like yeah so, it, so.
0: no and, and everyone and honestly like a lot of people we talk to like who are not our family, which it seems to be the case um, Mm -hmm. with anything is, Oh, like we totally understand. We went through the same thing. We know somebody who's having the same thing. You just have to be patient. time. Like we have this all understanding, but like you're saying how, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't understand. It's like our families are very much like, are you sure this is the right home for her? Like very disposable Mm -hmm. um, about her. Mm -hmm. And we're just not in that, we, we don't want to rehome her. She's already had that happen to her like three times. Mm-hmm. We feel like she has an opportunity to learn and to have a good life. Right. Um, so it's good to hear that you're like saying all this stuff and that, yeah. That yeah. And I,
1: and, and that's like, you know, I'm a, I didn't, I didn't start, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I started this business cause I, I just, I, I, I was always looking at that point of view. Always. I mean, I always looked at the dog's point of view and that's what, where, that's why I'm here. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I never said I want to go out and become a dog trainer or an educator or work with, I I just said, I, I just feel the most comfortable with animals communicating with, with what they're going through and what, you know, from their point of view. And that's, that's kind of my specialty is trying to okay. give, give dog owners uh, information that's super digestible from the dog's point of view, because it makes everything streamlined. Cause if, if right. you were to say, and I would say, well, just g- give me the dog and I'll do it. Well, that doesn't help you or the dog at all. Right. So anyway, moving forward from that, um, it is, it is a society where I think that now, especially me, cause I'm constantly growing as well because things, the tide is always changing. Um, I think, like, now I, I tell people to say, like, hey, yeah, muzzle your dog, crate your dog, place your dog, um, keep your dog on a tighter leash because of people, not so much of behavior. Uh-huh. So, anyway, so th- those are some things I would be doing obedience-wise. Um, the place command, uh, making sure you can send her away. Like, not just, yeah, my dog will place on the leash with food next to the place command. That's not going to do you any good at all, ever. I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's silly. What you need to be able to do is send her away. And you start off with what I just said, with on the leash, with motivation next to that place command. And you just incrementally get further and further away. And then you do it in your house. Practice makes perfect. You just keep doing mm-hmm. it and doing it and doing it. And then that way, you'll be able to use that place command to counter condition the door, the entryway stuff. So that's what I would be working on. Um, and then as well as the stay, because the stay is a kind of a separate identity depending on how you introduce the place. But just making sure that she'll stay there really no matter what. So knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, having friends over, um, to setting her up, things like that. Making sure that you can provide that type of training and that type of um, uh, realistic simulation to make sure she'll stay and et cetera. Um, and then the other thing is, is just like dealing with the people. So again, you just have to, is she crate trained?
0: She is. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cause, cause that's one thing I would say is, is if you're going to have people over that just aren't going to listen
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know that, and you know, I have family members like that too. I mean, my mom's like that. She just like, and not with like this, but like food and treat my dogs are on like a like a raw diet, like they eat very clean, cleaner than I do. Um, mm-hmm. and they eat better than I do. And, um, cause they don't have a choice, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I, you know, my mom will give them scraps and, and like, you know, uh, gas station, you know, dog treats and stuff. And so, you know, little things like that, where I just know I'm not going to be able to train that out of her. That's just, you know, right. same thing with you. You just have to, go through your catalog of like who's coming over, is this gonna be a a situation that could set us up for success or push us further away. But I think just again, taking a taking a step back, lowering your expectations to say, you know what, this really isn't an olive problem. This is mm-hmm. a people problem. And that's what it sounds like because if you were to tell me I have this insecure dog that's been bounced around that also probably lived in a kennel and was at a track for her whole um, adult, or I'm sorry, her puppy. You know her, her, yeah. am- her imprinting stages. You know her, her yeah. sponge stages. Mm-hmm. And you were to say, and she only has a problem when people she doesn't know comes up and puts their hands in her face and touches her. I would say. And of course, of course she does, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and I, and I, and it's, you know, and, and I say that jokingly, but seriously at the same time, because yeah. um, I understand where you guys are coming from completely. And I know it's frustrating, but at the same time, like those are very aligned behaviors. Like, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And again, I, I wouldn't want to take her and, and try to, and I did a, I did a podcast recently about, Going against mother nature and trying to push against, you know, primitive primal stuff of like, don't, don't ever try to go against mother nature. It's not going to work. So meaning if she feels that way, you're going to, you're going to be less frustrated and more successful, which is what you're looking for, teaching people how to respect your dog versus your dog respecting people because they're not respecting her personal space. Um, Right. And things like that, and, and and judging by what you've told me, and you can give me feedback. That's mm-hmm. about the only time she really has a problem with the person is if like they're in her yeah. space.
0: Yeah, because I mean, and you're. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like when we're when when we saw it happen, like out in our hallway, or like down, like just in that kind of situation, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, this has to get squashed. Like you can't do that. Um, so we really uh, like upped our um kind of like skill drills like in the house of like engaging even when we're out and we're just like look at us look Mm -hmm. at us like don't yeah don't look at them or just counter condition her of like you know hey if you look at them you look at us like and you get a treat for that and people are good and all this stuff and or they're not going to come up to you as long as we're here they're not going to touch you like that kind of stuff and so she picked that up pretty quickly she doesn't um She's not a, like, a a lunger, like, on the leash Mm -hmm. or anything. She's totally, like, calm on walks with us. Like, there's, like, so so when it comes to the in-house stuff, like, we, in a way, are like, okay, let's try to figure out how to get her to, you know, be that really... polite dog right and, but at the same time too we're just like we see what happens like when we di- when we kind of take inventory of what happens mm-hmm. we're like well we did everything that we wanted or what we felt was going to set her up for success we put her behind her big tall baby gate so people and her are completely separated mm-hmm. she doesn't have an opportunity um, you know and people at least have a delayed opportunity because um, mm-hmm. she's behind a gate but you know, we tell people, don't stare at her, don't touch her, ignore her. Mm-hmm. And with some of our, we, I mean, we don't have a lot of people over anyway. We're just, that's just not us. We're not like throwing parties or anything. Mm-hmm. But when we do have some people over, they're totally on board. We've had successful times mm-hmm. with her in the house. Like we actually had her. Um, where she got so comfortable, like, we had her out, we, we you know, we respected people's boundaries, said, you know, can we bring her out to give her exposure uh-huh. to people, uh-huh. we'll put her muzzle on to keep everybody safe, uh-huh. you know, like, and they're like, yeah, sure, she comes out, you know, she approached them, we uh-huh. said, just don't touch her, don't look at her, just, if she wants to sniff you, let her sniff you, if she walks away, let her walk away, don't, like, try to pet her butt as she walks away, uh-huh. just stuff like that, and that happened and she was totally fine. She laid down. She mm-hmm. was calm. And then at one point we were like, you know, I mean, this is probably, this was a total gamble and we got lucky, but we were like, you know, maybe we can take her muzzle off because it was like, she was just so bothered by it and rubbing sure. her face on the ground and stuff. So we said, do you guys feel comfortable with us taking her muzzle off? We'll be watching her like insanely, mm-hmm. like, like a hawk. I said, that's fine. Let's do it. Nothing happened because we ever they followed our directions of don't touch her, don't yeah. look at her and she actually we were playing like a board game at our kitchen table and she just sat or she stood up at the table just staring at us playing the game not like intently but just like she was just there she mm-hmm. was just social and everything went fine the only times that she's had issues with people in the house is mm-hmm. when other people are Staring at her like, like threatening, Mm -hmm. like in a a threatening way, or like when his dad like got like goes up to the gate and like gets super Mm -hmm. in her face, and she's like barking, and we're like, "Hey, like go away from the gate," and he's like, "No, I'm gonna let her bark it out like a kid, you know, like like like, like cry it out or something." Sure. And we're just like, "No, like that's not what she's. That's not what this is." She's like, "You are freaking me out. Please go away from me." Yeah. And then we brought her out. Um, with the muzzle on and again it's like okay don't look at her don't touch her what is what happens they stare at her and he touches her paw and it's like well of course you're gonna get snapped at mm-hmm. um because she's not comfortable with you and mm-hmm. she actually gave you warning signs like 10 minutes ago right that she barked at yep. you like crazy to get away from her so yeah it i mean for us we like after that moment we were like well when we were watching a bunch of videos by you just to like hear what you had to say, but then Mm -hmm. we were just like, you know, it really sounds like, and we didn't want to sound like, like irresponsible or avoidant dog owners, but we were kind of like, you know, this really isn't her problem. Right. She's reacting to people who scare her. Mm -hmm. She's not attacking people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. So, so we just like, we kind of felt like, our best bet at this point is one, like you said, to really lock in that obedience of like, Hey, like place or stay and all that stuff. But also we feel like our option is just, or our only option is just like, she's just not that dog. She goes away. She goes behind the gate. You know, people just stay away from her and that's just it.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think too, like you just have to, do an inventory check on and evaluate who's going to be around, you know, cause mm-hmm. yeah, like this is a, this is a, this is like a typical, typical case that I, I hear and see and work with a lot. And it's a, it's the best case to have because your dog's like, uh, you know, and, and because it's really not natural for, and I, and I talked about this too in, in a, in a, in a podcast I talked about, it. it it's really not natural for, Especially dogs, I I I've been finding that dogs who are intact, which dogs are not fixed, and they go through their mature cycles, mm-hmm. and they become an adult, like a full adult, not mm-hmm. a dog that's been fixed at eight weeks or mm-hmm. whatever. However, early they they do these things these days. Um, they they never really have a chance to fully develop ever. Right, and so. I find that dogs, this is, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to a specialist about this. Uh, I hope uh, in the next couple months, but I find that dogs that are intact and they fully develop actually have a tendency to be very, they're more natural acting animals where they actually don't care for people they that aren't in their immediate family and mm-hmm. they don't want to socialize with them and so on and so forth. And so it, it's actually not that natural for an animal to treat random strangers, even though it's your parents, but to them Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, random strangers like they do their owners. So when Mm -hmm. you see a dog that rolls over on their back and pees on themselves submissively to a stranger, it's actually pretty unnatural for any animal, especially a dog. And I find that over the last couple months, I've really been, that's just where I get my ideas. I start like, you know, I'm an investigator, basically. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Now, this is, there's a lot of data stacking up against this. And I find that a lot of dogs who do or who don't get in, don't get fixed until they're two and a half, three years old are, are very like that. Um, and so you might like, you know, like that or not like that as as a as a dog owner. But I've been finding that there's more data stacked up against dogs that are intact to say, like, hey, this is these are my dogs, these are my family, and this is what I like because that is that's actually it's natural for them in their in their world of mm-hmm. you know that's what keeps them safe. That's what they were actually bred to do. A lot of these dogs were bred to do to be guardians mm-hmm. and shepherds of their own pack, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so. I've been finding more and more about how that's been affecting dog owners. And um, so anyway, so yeah, you guys are in a situation where it's not really a, I don't, like you said, it's a lot of people find one little thing. It's like buying a, like a new car. You're like, there's this little scratch. I'm going to take another one. And that's not how we should be approaching dogs because the situation that you're dealing with currently is very common. Um, you have to also realize that your dog is making a decision not to only nip. You talked about, like, um, she nipped your, your parents' hands. That's mm-hmm. a decision. I mean, dogs. Mm-hmm. some dogs have the ability to snap bones, like, clean, mm-hmm. rip, yeah. shred, grab, snarl, bite again. Um, your dog has only made the mental and physical decision to just correct people by just mm-hmm. a quick little jab. And... <clears throat> In in the in a big picture, as a professional, um, not only with dogs, um, but with working with coyotes and wolves and other canines, um, they don't really have any other option but to use their teeth to say I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. So especially if they're in a situation where they can't get away. So right. for me, when I see these types of things, it happens a lot in our daycare where dogs will be correct. I mean, I always tell people um, when I, when I see, when I see certain um, or I hear, I should say I, when I hear stories of certain dog trainers um, being afraid to use tools or to tell their dog no um, or to give their dog any type of consequence any in any way, even if it's just looking at them, I've heard people not wanting to look at their dog wrong. I'm like, you know what? If you spent an hour in my daycare, your whole life would change about how you think about dogs and how they interact yeah. with each other, because dogs are brutal, absolutely savages. Like watching yeah. them play, they grab, they rip, they shred. Um, you know, they're they're that's how they that's how they interact. And yeah. so, so anyway, so <clears throat> having your dog make the mental and physical decision to just correct people, and that that's mm-hmm. the furthest extent she's ever gone from being quote unquote aggressive. Mm -hmm. is so minimal natural and respectful that again you guys in retrospect of the entire situation are just dealing with people and you can go out and just tell people like nope she's in training because people like greyhounds because they're you don't see them a lot yeah looking yeah, and you don't see him a lot. People want to talk about it. And
0: and we have a vest for her that we got that just says please give me space. So that way it just automatically buffers people away from her. Like and it, yeah. and it works. Like I mean like we just figured like people are kind of dumb and they're going to try to uh be like, "Oh my god, cute dog." Mm-hmm. and put hand in face because that's what people have been taught unfortunately. It's oh, put yeah. your hand in the dog's face. Oh yeah. So so we got her this vest that was like not a caution, but just like a, Hey, th- think twice before you do this. And it saved us a lot of grief mm-hmm. when we go to like a coffee shop or we're walking. So like we were at a park and we had these two little, like these like little kids who had their dog and she's fine with other dogs. She's not like really small dog safe yeah. or like cat safe, which, you know, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, these kids kind of ran up um, to like her dog, their dog had run over to her and she was fine with that dog, but those kids mm-hmm. were running up and then they read her little sign and they go, Oh, and they stop really like nice. further away from her, which, which helped because then she was around these kids who yeah. weren't going near her, weren't going to touch her. Cause they read that. Yeah. And she actually got some exposure of like people around her and yeah. like nothing bad happened. Yeah. So it's just like, we're just trying to pretty much like, make other people think before they like go on their gut reaction of like what they're, what they're told to do, which is like, and we see people all the time, like on the street where like people are just walking their dogs and we'll just see people who go, Hey dog. And like rub their head as oh, yeah. they're walking past them. And and it's open to our eyes to be like, Whoa, people don't think. No.
1: no, And, and I think, yeah, no, they don't. and And, and I always talk about it too, where it, it's kind of conflicting cuz it's like if you bring your dog out I mean it shouldn't be a man eater but at the same time like j- if you bring a dog out that's nervous like you guys like have a dog that's like nervous and insecure I just think that people don't take into consideration that just because a dog is out in public like yeah. m- meaning literally meaning going yeah. off your your out of your driveway is public you know Yeah like even if you bring your dog for a walk that people just automatically assume that it's friendly. <clears throat> and that's yeah. that's a really big problem because a, a lot of, again, like a lot of people just think that if, if a dog has corks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just – and, and in, 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 in actuality, it's not really corks. It's all very natural stuff. I mean the stuff that nor- like 99% of dog owners or dog lovers – and that's the problem is there's a significant difference yeah. would say, would say maybe, um, you know, if they saw it, it, if they saw a dog out in public, it would be friendly. Like if we did a poll, everyone would be, like, yep, it should be friendly. Cause it's out and it's just, cause it's cute. Yeah. And it, well, it just, and I think it's just because people think that if, if dogs have any type of inclination to be pff, nervous, even that they're going to be chained up in the backyard or at a shelter. Right. Like they, they don't deserve an opportunity if they have to have
0: owners and they're on a walk. They must be friendly. Dog. Right. Yep. Friendly exactly.
1: So it's a big problem. Um, it's not a, it's not a fair thing um, to anybody. No. Like there's no reason why that that's a thing. But like I said, um, times are changing like big time, mm-hmm. not only in, you know, us, you know, in our lifetime um, but just for dogs too, because we want to bring them more places. Places are becoming more friendly. Um, businesses and establishments are becoming more open to having dog friendly environments. And, but the more that that happens and the less education that happens, it's, it it actually is very counterintuitive. Right. So anyway, so I think that, that, you know, taking a step back and just looking at this, you guys just need to really, really, really manage the people and make a decision when they come over, if they come over to say, is this going to be good? the people that came over and played, of course, like, and that's the thing is like, if you were to tell me, yeah, she was great when we were playing board games. and Yeah. I mean, she's like, Hey, I don't, you know, don't touch me. I don't know you, you know, type thing. And, um, that would make sense. So just making sure that those people are well aware and respectful of, of her when they're over. Um, and I think that you guys would be fine from there on. And I think, I think, You know, as far as, like, my advice towards the situation, it's very common. It's very Mm – I think it's very fair for her to to be suspicious. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think you have to really delegate um, what people you're going to let in her life and when.
0: So I have a quick question then because, like, I know we don't have much time, but, I mean, from – I don't know it doesn't sound like it came out of nowhere but it's it from when we were get when we adopted her they were basically kind of saying like it came out of nowhere but like what well, i guess what i'm trying to say is like when she first got off the track and she was in her foster home they were like oh super lovey totally fine strangers weren't like a thing like she wasn't bothered by new people mm-hmm. but then once she went through that house And whatever happened, happened there. We'll never get to know the full story. It's a black box. And she went back to the foster home. And then that stranger fear happened. Mm -hmm. Like her personality changed. What are your thoughts there? Do you think she's always been that way?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Considering she's three, Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: could have been one and a half to two around that time frame where she became fully mature and mm-hmm. i see that a lot where dog owners will say all of a sudden my dog does this all of a sudden all of a sudden it's like it's not all of a sudden actually your dog mm-hmm. just isn't a puppy anymore your dog has mm-hmm. hit maturity of who they are and mm-hmm. you know every little puppy even like you could take a wolf puppy and i've done it yeah. and they're like the cutest i mean they're a little bit more aggressive but and then they grow <laughs> up to, and then they grow up to be a full-blown wolf and you're like wow, it's different. It's like, yeah, no, duh. Like we don't sit, I mean, we're like in the same age group. I was like, we don't sit around and watch like Barney and like, like Rugrats anymore. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we change, we mature. We, we, we we have different interests and it's the same thing with dogs is when they're puppies and then they're, they're kind of like very innocent and they haven't really figured the world out and they're still growing and maturing both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And then they hit full maturity and every dog is different. And then all of a sudden they become an adult and then people just Mm -hmm. assume they're like, wow, this dog has really changed. It's like, yeah, but it's your dog is now your dog. It's not really a huge change in like something that happened. It's just they've matured. So they're not a puppy Mm -hmm. anymore. So Mm -hmm. my thought is, is that could be a big role into this because it sounds like that's around the same time that all of that kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is she could get better over time and realize that people aren't out to get her. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about the the circumstances of like what had happened to her. I just think I, that you know she may have went into sorry. an. That's okay. I think that she went into an environment and maybe felt secure, and then uh-huh. somebody mistreated her, and then she, now she's vulnerable and very suspicious because that's animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. They expose themselves. Like, um, I work with a lot of people who do a lot of hunting and a lot of um, game life type stuff. And once an animal has been tracked and hunted before, whether or not mm-hmm. they've made a harvest or not, mm-hmm. that animal becomes aware. And then they start smelling these things and they start seeing these things and it keeps them alive, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's the fair game of you know ethical hunting, right? So right. It's, the sa- it's the same process of if an animal is like, oh, I'm good here in this house out in the open by myself and everybody's my friend and all of a sudden somebody makes them feel differently – then mm-hmm. they be they learn from that and they become. Sus- right. I mean, that's just a theory. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that that's what it happened. You no,
0: know but that, that's not far off. That's not. It's very logical. Yeah. Like,
1: so it could have just been a trust thing. She trusted yeah. people she didn't really know, and then they mistreated her. And now she's suspicious. And now she's like, okay, you guys aren't gonna do anything negative to me. You guys love me and treat me right. But anybody else, I'm gonna need some time to figure out. Mm-hmm. And that could be it, you know. And it could, you know, she could get up and warm up to your parents. But at the same time, it's just like with people certain dogs are going to like certain people for their, their energy or their personality or the way that they move or the way that they talk, you know? Yeah.
0: Which we kind of thought like, and not in a, a, not in like a toot our own horn way, but like we, we, before we got her, they're like, okay, so she has some like history with some like, you know, whatever. And we're like, okay, you know, kind of like that buyer beware situation. Sure. And so we were, um, preparing for that and we were like hey well when we meet her like we're not gonna touch her we're just gonna like exist around her and we're just gonna and we were like okay be super respectful of her space if she's gonna go lay on her bed like she'll come to us if she wants to come and get like a pet or something like that I don't know right so we were we were very like you come to us you warm up to us Mm -hmm. and even when we first met her she just like gravitated towards us like we i don't know if it was our vibe like you said or the way we walked the way we spoke i don't know whatever it is but like we haven't the only people we've seen that with or like the people she stayed with at the um at like this little puppy camp we had her at for christmas time that we just got her back from and she's she's cool with those people because for some reason she either she recognizes them because she'd been there before or something but yeah, so I, I, I'm almost thinking like too, like this vibe that people give off to her, like if they're nervous, it's like, why are you nervous? Like, why why are you acting all like like locked up and, and freaked out around me? Because mm-hmm. I think that's also the case too, is some of the some, like our parents, it's really our parents um, who have come over are like really hesitant but also really eager so it's like this really contradicting like body language and yeah i don't
1: know yeah yeah it's all of that it's all of that and you just like like i said you have to just realize that you get a purebred dog they 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 hold breed standards of certain things and certain behaviors of being suspicious and it's not it's not out of line for a dog to go whoa like i don't know you why are you doing that you know
0: I know, and it sucks because people are like, "Well, I was reading," and that's like the worst sentence to hear. Yeah,
1: because like, yeah, well, I
0: was reading, yeah. and they're like, "You know, that's not part of the Greyhound personality." And we're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's 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 a tough thing. It's a tough thing, but you just have to just be realistic. You know that that's, yeah. that's what makes me succeed. Like that's the one thing that makes me really successful with working with with dogs in in, in different cases. Is just I'm. I'm real. I'm not going to flip back to page nine in my book and say this type of behavior is telling me this or this dog uh, historically shouldn't be doing this because of the breed. I'm like, all of that's BS. I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm reading the dog right in front of me as it happens. And that's how I'm treating it. So yeah. you don't, you know, you know yeah, it, I mean, So
0: part of that realistic piece then is, I mean, what we talked about, but also too, is just like, you know, if. Here's the, here's the what if, right? I mean, the what if only happens if we don't do anything Mm -hmm. about it, Mm -hmm. but like the what if of like, what if this never stops? What if she's always like, you know, this way, you know, it's like, what, what would be your kind of closing? Well,
1: I think I, yeah, I think it's a good question, but I also think like you guys in my head, yeah, it would be what if your dog is suspicious about random people putting their fingers in her face?
0: Yeah. No big deal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Like so that's, that, that's my, that's what pops into my head immediately is like, like what if my dog just really doesn't like strangers running up to them and barking at them and telling them and in their face. And it's like, yeah, what? well, that's yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's no, it's nothing. You guys are not dealing with anything out of the, out of the ordinary of, of like, you know, yeah, if you wanted a a dog that was just going to be like a submissive peer and kill me now, if you want type dog, then, you know, that's not what you have. But again, that that's, that's also not realistic. And I don't think that that's even natural for animals to do. So Mm -hmm. like I said, I I, I think that comparable to so many other behavioral problems you could be dealing with that you're not. Mm -hmm. The fact that your dog is just has a suspicion with people that are in her face that she doesn't know and it can find space. And it's like, of course, yes, that's, that's the thing. Of course, of course, of course, that's going to happen. So, um, you know, don't be so hard on yourself about it. It's, it's really natural for that to happen. And, um, things could be significantly worse. And also just taking the consideration that when your dog has been backed up into these unfortunate circumstances, she's made the decision to just not hurt people. She's just like, leave me alone. Like when a rattlesnake bites somebody just to get them away and doesn't, put any poison in them that's a decision that that animal has made to not they're like I know like I know I can't kill you but I don't want you near me you know so I mean these are very methodical like decision making skills that animals instinctively have where yeah. they're not grabbing, biting, thrashing, ripping, growling, hitting again, digging deeper, biting multiple different spots in the body, going and going and going. I mean, these are just dis- yeah. I mean, there's a, there's such a significant difference. It's the difference between taking medicine and overdosing. It's yeah. it's in the same ballpark, but it's so different. So, so right. so different. So when a dog corrects mm-hmm. versus a dog biting it's the it's it's such a day and night difference. It's not even applicable. Mm-hmm. It's not even fathomable. So,
0: last question then: When she does, I mean, I I don't want it to happen again. I want us to be you know more putting her up for more success and getting other people to just like listen and behave with us. But if the, if the situation occurs again, I mean, like you said earlier, is it? I mean, it's fine to say like no, like no, and like
1: yeah. I mean. Absolutely. that's another
0: thing. The trainer that we're with, that I'm, I'm just like slowly losing my mind. I mean, we we're not working with him anymore, but like I was just losing my mind with all this, like, don't say no, don't do anything, like, just be so like. About- no.
1: Yeah. I. But. Yeah. I mean. It- I mean, for me, it's like parenting, right? So, like, yeah. I, that's the way I'm. Like, I'm, I'm logical about it. I'm like, hey, if my kid, or, or if if the thing that I'm responsible for, and it's even different with dogs because dogs will actually can be taken away from you and euthanized if you don't help right. the situation. Which, which to me, when I hear people like telling like, telling dog owners not to correct or not to punish or not to tell your dog no, is the most inhumane thing that I've I've personally dealt with in this industry. Period. Right hands down not even question so do it make sense right like if you're a parent and uh, somebody came up to your kid and your kid punched and kicked and spit in their face i don't think there's any maybe but there's there's not the, there's nobody logical that would turn the other way and say, oh, they'll get over it. They'll, they'll stop. Do- they'll grow out of that. Or I'm going to ignore them and it's going to make them feel bad and they won't punch and kick and spit anymore.
0: Just, like you would be it's, like, no, stop.
1: Holy shnice. It's like it's insanity that that even yeah. goes through people's minds.
0: Well- You'll, I mean, that's the other thing is the trainer, I mean, you'll probably just enjoy this or actually more cringe at this, but when we were working with them and, and we've done, we were listening to you and doing the leash tension stuff and mm-hmm. that's corrected the leash stuff. We don't have that anymore, but we went to a training mm-hmm. and he's like anti, like, no, like don't, you don't do any, you don't even put a little, nothing like it's, it's all, if she doesn't move forward, you throw a treat at the ground and like breadcrumb trail her and, and so sanity. we couldn't do well, we couldn't do it. And so we're just standing there like, and he's handling her and we're just like, Oh my God, like just go like yeah. a little bit. And, and I, But the thing that happened was, sorry, but it's no, just like, he goes, you know, like Blake was like, well, what happens if you run out of treats? What happens if you got to go, you right. know? And he's like, "We well, then pick her up.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, no. Anyway. So yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that you have to just do what, um, do what makes sense. I mean, don't, if you're look if you're looking at if you're both looking at yourself going like this is kind of crazy, it probably is. So Yeah. Anyway. So that's what I would do for you guys is just um, you know, manage people, work on your obedience and you know, don't be so hard on yourself and what you're dealing with. It's very um I think reasonable and fair. And then okay. if you guys have any questions in the future, just let me know.
0: Yeah. No, this has been really great and honestly very relieving. Too, just because we felt like what we thought was probably like wrong of just like oh like our dog has like not issues but just she has Normal. she has like a personality that says I don't like people sure. and why why are we trying to force other people or like or what other people want mm-hmm. for our dog right. on our dog like she's not gonna like you from mm-hmm. just meeting you immediately like I have a family dog who I raised from like puppyhood, and he's like loves everybody, right? Like you said, that's kind of unnatural. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what my family expects from a dog. I think that's what his family, who's never had a dog, expects from a dog. And in this case, she's not that marketed Labra- Labrador that right. um, people expect. And I think it just shifts people's perspectives on what normal is. And this is in fact normal. Right. And we are just like, you know what? Like our dog's just not going to be that like dog that gets on the pedestal in the center of the room and does a does the trick. Like she's not that dog. Yeah. Deal with it.
1: Yeah. And I, and and again, I think going back to that is it's, it's, it's totally awesome that those dogs exist and it's not, it's not bad by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, I I just, I, I, I find it hard to, like same thing when, when dogs come into our daycare where they're like dog owners get really discouraged when i say you know it, they just didn't it wasn't for them and they get really discouraged i'm like look playing with 35 other dogs you don't know at one time is is not normal like that that doesn't like you know what i mean so so sometimes you get yeah. lucky and sometimes you get and it's all breed specific if you want to get a therapy dog that is supposed to be doing these things there's nothing wrong with that it's not bad it's just when you get a dog that is just loves everybody like I'm looking at it from a perspective like wow you know this is really odd that my dog literally just loves everybody it's great like you, when you get those dogs and it, there's nothing wrong with that there's no negative there's no real negative things but it is odd when you get it's a bonus so, yeah you get exactly you get lucky sometimes and and, and, and so anyway so having a dog that is, is that really friendly family dog is a beautiful thing and it's great and it, and it does it, it does work out really well because everyone's safe and it's you can bring your dog anywhere and whatever but at At the same time, if people do have these little quirks of not being that dog... Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you that that's okay, and it's it's yeah. it's actually natural for your dog not to love everybody. And if you do well, get cause
0: people don't love everybody, right? Like, right, and there's, a person yeah. than a dog. and there's yeah, th- and
1: there's there's those type of people. Like my dad's that way. Like he'll you know he'll walk into and he's just friends with everybody. But like if you're if you're like oh you know whatever. So anyway, so my point is is um, you know having those dogs is is great, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when a dog does have these little things, I think people are like, whoa, this is a problem. Like not really. It's it's pretty normal for a dog not to love everybody. So
0: yeah, all right, all
1: right, guys. Will you guys enjoy your weekend? It's nice to meet thank you. It's nice to talk well. to you. All right, you as well. Thank you. Thanks
0: for your time. We'll keep watching your videos. Cool. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. All
0: right. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh, if if you guys haven't yet, you guys can leave a review in the podcast uh, review page, whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you screen share it, or I'm sorry, sc- screenshot this and share it on Instagram and tag me. I'll repost it. I always really appreciate you guys seeing what you guys are listening to, what you like about this particular podcast, and this particular episode. I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, have a happy new year, and I'll talk to you guys next year.